is Monday. It's April 20th. And the word of the day is tetrahydrocannabinol, which I'm told is the psychotropic substance in something called marijuana. Huh. Used in a sentence, tetrahydrocannabinol will not kill you, but today, a bunch of idiots are going to try. And also some moderately intelligent people. I'm no illusions. I'm <laughs> me then right. And broadcasting delayed from America's far center, we are the Skeptocrats. On episode 13, the Tennessee Swinger Club will find out just how many times you have to scream, oh God, before you're a church. Everyone who feels their estate was unfairly taxed raises their hand. We'll examine the rich tapestry of Muslim culture one terrorist group at a time. And Gwyneth Paltrow survives for a week on nothing but a $29 martini and 5,000 free olives. But first, the Duo Tribe. Last Wednesday afternoon, people all over the country simultaneously wondered why the hell they didn't own a gyrocopter when Doug Hughes, a 61-year-old Floridian mailman, landed a bicycle with a rotor on the west lawn of the U.S. Capitol building. Right. Now, the stunt was intended to raise the issue of campaign finance reform. Hughes was carrying letters on that very subject addressed to every single individual in Congress. But, not surprisingly, it's led to a much more vociferous conversation on... How the fuck a 60-year-old dude can right? E.T. himself into some of America's most secure airspace without an F-18 escort? Of course. Now, the guy wasn't suicidal, so he went out of his way to make sure that Washington, D.C.'s air defense system, once they picked him up, would have some way of knowing who he was and what he was doing. So he'd spoken with his local newspaper and told him to alert him uh, once he was in the air, and he'd put out a, a YouTube video that came out as he, as he took off. Right. No, he told him all about it, but unfortunately for Hughes... All that plus an anonymous tip to the Secret Service wasn't enough to coax the NSA away from you know, reading everyone's discount Viagra offers and Nigerian Prince stuff. And as far as we can tell at the moment, he caught them completely off guard somehow yeah. despite all those warnings. Right, right. As it turned out, his only saving grace was the fact that like, they actually never picked him up at all. Apparently the aircraft was small enough and low altitude <laughs> enough to literally come in under the radar, so it was right. more – incompetence and less compassion that kept him alive through this thing. Yeah, I thought we paid Secret Service agents to get wasted and randomly fire guns into the air all over D.C. to protect against this sort of thing. Exactly. But, but the dude sounded pretty confident he'd be okay. He actually said in a statement, quote, I don't believe the authorities will shoot down a 61-year-old mailman in a flying bicycle, end quote, which did turn out to be correct, but really just because he was white and not wearing a turban. Right, yeah, exactly. Well, also because Lindsey Graham isn't in charge. Now, South Carolina's senior <laughs> senator couldn't believe the old man wasn't incinerated by one of D.C.'s surface-to-air missile batteries in the middle of tourist season. In an interview with radio host Hugh Hewitt, he said they should have fired on the gyrocopter, though Graham at least admits he'd have felt bad about it later if it turned out the dude was <laughs> mentally ill. Oh, that was nice of him. Yeah, at least. So... Hughes lands, and he's immediately arrested. Mm -hmm. His gyrocopter and all his letters are impounded. And after a brief flurry of media activity about what we can do to prevent terrorists from using the same method to deliver a dirty bomb, the hubbub largely reduced to a simmer, and very little discussion of the actual issue that a 61-year-old man was so desperate to raise awareness about this that he was willing to violate a no-fly zone protected by multiple, I guess we have surface-to-air missile batteries there, in a vehicle that looks unsafe even by Elon Musk's standards. It was 
Yeah. Looking dangerous. Right. Hughes himself is in the news complaining that even this insane effort to spark a national discussion on campaign finance reform mostly just net led to a renewed call for, you know, whatever, a Kevlar geodesic dome over D.C. or whatever they're asking for now. Right. So campaign finance reform is the subject. And nobody's talking about it except everybody. Right. Because if you get into a political discussion with just man on the street, eventually you'll get around to the topic of money in politics and there being too much of that and they'll invariably be on your side of the topic. I mean, depending on which poll you go by, anywhere from 75 to 95 percent of Americans agree on that one. I mean, that's Pretty the simple. only thing 95 percent of Americans agree on, including scientific <laughs> facts. <laughs> but of course, virtually everyone who's in a position to actually make this case publicly has a vested interest in not doing that. Right. I mean, you'll hear a politician occasionally pay lip service to this or occasional media pundits talk about it, but when it comes time to do something, you'll hear the sound of one hand clapping. Not sure how this is possible, but there's a big chunk of politicians in this country arguing that government is too corrupt and simultaneously opposing campaign finance reform. Yeah, right. Remember Those when uh, Obama promised to take public financing for his 2008 campaign? Yeah, don't worry. Neither does he, apparently. <laughs> so let's take a look at this system we have now. It's a system where 91% of the campaigns are won by the candidate with the most money. And with the dollar amount per campaign rising, that means politicians have to spend an ever-increasing amount of their lives sucking up to people with expendable income. Especially with terms only lasting two years in places like the House of Representatives. Yeah, exactly. These people spend more time fundraising than being a representative. And it's almost as bad with senators, even with six-year terms. So... Regardless of your place on the political spectrum, don't you want politicians doing their job more of the time? You would in hope. General? And yes, rich people are always going to have outsized influence in politics. It's an unavoidable problem. But that doesn't mean we have to embrace it and make it legal. I mean, there's always going to be murder and rape, but that doesn't stop us from trying to mitigate the problem. And it's not like there aren't any realistic solutions either. More than half of Americans support public financing of all political campaigns. And as long as you don't ignore... All the other non-American countries in the entire world, you could see that that works. Right, but instead of solving the problem, we went for exacerbating instead. You know, the whole country's calling for less money, less influence from wealthy donors, and yet the SCOTUS responds by stripping away donation limits and transparency. Yeah, it's, it's not just that you're allowed to buy elections. They ruled in favor of a constitutional right to secretly buy elections. Right. What's worse, we've got John Roberts saying that any attempt to curb this would be unconstitutional. So, really, if we're going to fix this, we'd need a sane chief justice, which we don't have, or a constitutional amendment. And neither of those are easy to get. And I think the most telling numbers I saw while we were researching this thing were from a poll that broke down the respondents into three categories. So you had the general public, the congressional candidates, and the wealthy donors. So, huge surprise here. The only people voicing support for the current system are also the only people benefiting from it. And the only people that hate it worse than everybody are the goddamn candidates. Shocking. And if you want to know how much benefit they're getting exactly, just think about it for a second. Right now, instead of investing their money to, say, generate more wealth, billionaires are spending a bunch of their money on buying politicians, which means it's currently more profitable to buy tax cuts for rich people than it is to have and use those billions of dollars. Right. Yeah, so by sheer coincidence, the name turned out to be appropriate. The overwhelming bipartisan opposition to the Supreme Court's endorsement of plutocracy has very much left the citizens united.
It's hard to remember all of the various Muslim groups trying to kill you, with so many nations raising their kids in a death to America milieu. But if you want to keep track of all of the factions and groups and all of their splinters and their coalitions, just remember this rhyme if you happen to find you're along for a suicide mission. We'll start with a group of American-trained anti-Soviet Afghani fighters who got pissed when we abandoned them after the war and took on the name of Al-Qaeda. They started to unify all of the numerous Sunni and Salafist cliques until their leader bin Laden found out that he'd gotten hot water with SEAL Team 6. After that, many splinter groups broke from the base, each one setting out on its own, whose leaders had lifespans directly affected by the speed of a predator drone. For example, al Nusra is the Syrian one we don't spend much effort condemning, and the AQAP is another you'll see if you spend a vacation in Yemen. The country of Yemen is one that they share with the Houthis who they're always fighting, and although you will hear that they're armed by Iran, there's no proof at the time of this writing. But that hasn't slowed down the Saudis from bombing their country and wreaking disorder, because fuck human rights, they will take no Shiite off of any rebels amassed on their borders. But you need not reside in the Middle East to be a murderous sect of Islam. If you're killed in Nigeria by militant Muslims, it was probably Boko Haram. Like al Nusra, they started as part of al-Qaeda but later on when they took stock, they pledged their allegiance in all other regions to the Islamic State in Iraq. You might know them as ISIS, or maybe as ISIL, or for lazy folks, simply IS, and you've probably heard about them quite a bit more than the others of late, I would guess. In northern Iraq, there's Ansar al-Islam, who the Kurds keep at bay with blockades, and in the West Bank, if you're dead, you might thank the Al-Aqsa Martyrs Brigade. Hezbollah is a political party in Lebanon, but terror is what you will get from a group that decided their flag should contain an assault rifle in silhouette. Hamas is in Gaza and used to be part of an Egyptian party in Venya, got a Somali group al or the youth whose terror extends into Kenya. The Haqqani network still active, and there's also Al-Gama al-Islamiyya. There's Abu Sayyaf, Absad al-Ansar, the Army of Islam, Ansar al-Sharia, and plenty of others, but not every Muslim is trying to kill infidels. Some still contend it's enough that we'll spend for millennia burning in hell. Joining me for headlines tonight is fellow skeptic rat, No Illusions. Noah, you've won a podcast award, gone to Disneyland, and contracted measles. You're on top <laughs> of the world. What are you going to do next? I'm going to go cough on Jenny McCarthy. <laughs> Very good choice. So before we get to our first headline, let's check in with Twitter because that's important. Trending this week was hashtag hospital a movie. Would you like to play or pass? All right, I got one. How about mammogramma's boy? <laughs> Yeah, but here it gets easier with age. At certain points, it's like rolling out a carpet. Really is. I'm going with Bedpan's Labyrinth. <laughs> wow. And here I thought yours couldn't possibly be less appetizing than mine. <laughs> yet it was. And this week's random stranger winner was at Liam Under Par, who went with, Dude, where's my care? Well played, Liam. I bet he's American. <laughs> Probably a good guess. One last thing before we get started. We're going to be out of town next week to host a Roast of God at the ReasonCon event in North Carolina. Unfortunately, that means we won't have a new episode out next Monday. But stay tuned, and we will be back on Jedi Day. May the 4th be with you all. Right. Of course, if you can't make it that long and you're anywhere near Hickory, North Carolina, come out Friday the 23rd and see the show. VIP tickets are still available at ReasonNC.com. Yes, they are. In our lead story tonight, the House of Representatives voted last week to entirely repeal the estate tax. Huh. However, this turns out to be completely meaningless because the Senate won't pass it and the president won't sign it. Part of the reasoning for this opposition may have something to do with the $269 billion that such a repeal would add to the federal deficit over the next decade. And that does sound like a lot of money. But let's not forget, in return, 
America would get the satisfaction of knowing that a tiny number of multimillionaires weren't forced to be slightly smaller multimillionaires. So it's something to consider. The deal is on the table. I mean, it would seem to me that this would be the one tax that even the libertarians could really champion. I mean, if it's ever definitely okay to redistribute someone's wealth, it's when they're dead. They won't (laughs) even know. So here's what we have now. The existing estate tax currently applies to about 0.2% of the people that die. It only comes into play on estates larger than $5.43 million for individuals and $10.86 million for couples. That means if your parents pass away and they leave you their entire estate worth $10.85 million, nothing happens. Zero tax. You get $10.85 million for doing nothing. If they were slightly wealthier than that, you get forced to share... Part of that next dollar that you didn't earn with people like police, teachers, firefighters, soldiers, veterans, having roads, things like that. Just like every other time you make money in your lifetime. Well, right. And it's important to think about, like, is it, you know, the guy who inherits $10.87 million doesn't exactly get fucked on this. So think about how much money has to be on the line here before it's worth, like, paying to lobby your congressman about this shit. Right. So just to be clear, people who directly benefit from this thing are Exactly all the people with wealthier parents than that guy that just got handed $10.85 million for doing nothing. And I guess Texas GOP Congressman Kevin Brady considers himself a champion of these downtrodden people for some reason. So he decided to sponsor this repeal bill. In other unrelated news, these exact same people funded campaigns for anyone willing to support similar policies. Oh, what an amazing coincidence. Shocking. And in the Bjorn conspiracy file tonight, the Australian taxpayers have coughed up an unwitting 20 cents each to fund the climate change obfuscation efforts of Danish scientist Empty Set Ern Lomberg. <laughs> Oh, with the line According to the Boring. Office of Education Minister and man on the other end of many disappointed blind dates, Christopher Pine, the Australian government will chip in more than $4 million over the next four years to establish what is being called, with a straight face, a climate consensus center. <laughs> oh, a climate consensus. Yes. I, I uh-huh. guess he's talking about a place for all those elite scientists from the 3%. Yeah, exactly. That consensus. <laughs> so... Quick Report. bit of background on slash zero Ern Lomberg. He essentially makes his living shitting on renewable energy with scientifically dubious research. And that's Good not job. just my opinion. In 2003, a group of scientists convened by the Danish government found him guilty of scientific dishonesty, claiming he cherry-picked data and acted in direct opposition to accepted scientific practice to support his conclusion. So basically, Tony Abbott accepted Danish scientist. <laughs> right, <pretty> okay. much. <laughs> but just for the record, Australia might not be the dumbest group involved here. Denmark's government paid for that 2003 study you just mentioned and then immediately hired the guy for eight years and funded his Copenhagen consensus center. What was that all about? Now, according to Pine, the center was a joint proposal by nothing buster symbol Earn and the University of Western Australia. But according to the University of Western Australia, Pine is full of shit. (laughs) From the spread light district file tonight. A sex club in Madison, Tennessee, had their opening delayed last month when the local zoning board voted to change the existing rules and reclassify their location. This was in response to a public backlash against the business, and it definitely didn't help that their building is right next door to a Christian school. Uh But fortunately for the sex club, all the members 
sincerely believe in fuck parties. <laughs> so now they're planning to open up as a church instead. Oh, Good strategy. Yeah, yeah. It gets tricky. And I guess the uh, public resistance at that point went from stiff to exploding. Now keep in mind that this zoning change was a law passed after concerned citizens offered cogent, rational points like this one. Quote, We don't want the darkness to extinguish this beacon of light that's been here for years and years. End quote. So apparently it was the overall darkness of the sex club that they objected to. It was its beacon-extinguishing nature that they didn't like. That was the problem. Very specific. But don't worry. The new version of the club is all about the Holy Trinity. In their revised proposal, the sex club switched out the game room for the fellowship hall. Oh, there you go. And the dungeon for the choir room. Same thing in my mind. also paying taxes for opaque financial shelter. (laughs) And thanks to bullshit... Rifra-type stuff, there's really nothing the town can do about it other than make religious people follow laws, which they really don't want to do. Yeah, somehow that's off the table. And in what-the-fuck news tonight, Gwyneth Paltrow has found yet another entertaining way to be stupid this week. Many of you are probably familiar with the Snap Challenge, but if you're not, in a nutshell, it's an act of solidarity with people who live on government assistance in which a person tries to spend a week eating only what you can buy with a typical allotment of food stamps. That's about $29 a week. Now, You can criticize this thing from a lot of different directions. You can point out that, you know, camping doesn't teach you what it's like to be homeless. But on the other end, you can also point out that food stamps are supposed to supplement a food budget rather than replace it. Now, regardless, it's a well-intentioned exercise and fucking hilarious when Gwyneth Paltrow (laughs) tries to do it. Basically, she bought a $29 bag of garnishes. Pretty much, (laughs) yes. So (laughs) all the poor people are using the money that they get from food stamps to supplement their working poultry farm that they own. Everybody should be fine. (laughs) She made it four days, by the way. Now, before I lay into Paltrow's purchases, which she listed online, let me admit that if I was trying to do the same thing, I'd... You know, I come back from the store with 129 and a half packs of ramen noodles and a box of Lucky Charms like I did in college. So, I, you know, I'm not exactly a master grocery purchaser, but I do know that if you're trying to make it on four and a half bucks a day, your shopping list can include things like parsley, a whole clove of garlic, a bushel of green onions, and seven limes. She had kale. That shit has like a, a half a calorie a gram. If you wanted to fill up on kale for a meal, you'd need to eat about three and a half pounds of it. <laughs> so, yeah, her groceries made more sense as props for a bartender doing a juggling act right? and feeding human beings. <laughs> what can you do with seven limes? She used last week's food stamps for a bottle of tequila and a case of Coronas. Who is she feeding with this? Wait, what are you going to? Are you going to eat limes, woman? With more on this story, we turn to roving reporter. Lucinda Lusions. Lucinda, have you learned anything else about Paltrow's misguided efforts? Well, I've got to be honest, Heath. Watching Gwyneth fuck this thing up has inspired me, even though she failed. So I've decided to carry the torch forward for her. So you've decided to try the snap challenge for yourself? Not exactly, but it's really similar. I spent the last week taking the Paltrow challenge, where you attempt to live for an entire week on only 29 IQ points. (laughs) I see. How's that been going for you? Well, my hoo-ha has never been so steamy, Heath. (laughs) So, how does a person keep themselves from using IQ points, exactly? How does that work? Every time I feel a thought coming on, I read an article from Paltrow's website, Goop. Good start. I've also watched several History Channel documentaries and a Jersey Shore marathon. Wow, that sounds excruciating. So, how did your temporary idiocy affect your daily routine? Well, he technically, I'm not done until Wednesday, so I don't understand your question. Okay, gotcha. Allow me to rephrase. 
Is stuff different now? I've accidentally tried to eat with the wrong orifice a couple of times. <laughs> okay, well, that would explain the steaming thing. And how has this impacted your other daily activities? I don't understand that question yet. <laughs> of course you don't. What are you doing to entertain yourself? Don't understand that one either. All right, one more time. Uh, what Lucinda-like do? Leaving YouTube comments, Heath. Okay, I should have guessed. Anything else? I've also been reading The Food Babe, using the caps lock a lot more, <laughs> turning slightly left before making a right turn even though I'm in a small car, parking diagonally, watching reruns of Deal or No Deal, and rooting for specific briefcases. <laughs> right, so what's been the biggest challenge for you this week? What was the hardest part? The swinging rectangular wall holes, Heath. They're confusing. Doors? Do you mean doors? That's them, yeah, yeah. Half of them eventually budge, but sometimes you really gotta want it. What was that, Lucinda? Sorry, Heath. Wrong orifice again. Ooh, okay. Well, I'm gonna let you go before you really hurt yourself. Good idea. I needed to give my cat some more imported color-infused Himalayan melted permafrost anyway. <laughs> Thank you, Lucinda. And in suspiciously noble news tonight... Hillary Clinton pissed off a bunch of wealthy campaign donors by announcing her plans to have hedge fund managers pay the income tax rate on their income if she becomes blasphemy. Yeah. The tax evasion strategy in question is called the carried interest loophole, and it allows large institutional investors to be taxed at the capital gains rate, which is considerably smaller than the rate normal people pay on getting money. Why would money gained from trading not count as Profits for a trading company? No fucking clue. Okay, okay, so full disclosure here. I, I originally planned, when I saw we were doing this story, I was going to do a, a joke where, like, I just offer this convoluted bullshit excuse that the head fund managers actually use and add, duh. You know, I was going to, like, string together all of this crap when they, like, comedically contrast the indecipherable jargon with the notion that it's really simple kind of thing. Right. But when I looked it up, I honestly couldn't get my head around it enough to write that fucking joke. <laughs> It's asinine. So, works. yes, as embarrassed as I am to admit it, I lack the comedic expertise to humorously describe hedge fund taxation. <laughs> okay, but Maybe. let's also be fair to the hedge fund managers for a second. I mean, sure, why not? We really do appreciate all that liquidity you guys provide. That is great. I mean, sure, I, for one, don't know what I would do if it weren't for microsecond to microsecond price discovery and pork bellies as manipulated by large speculators in a zero-sum game. I mean, I'd be lost. That, that right, is the yes. Lord's work you guys are doing there. <laughs> But still no enormous tax evasion loophole, in my opinion. If your company makes profits, you pay the same tax as everybody else that makes profits in the company. You're cheating so much that flat tax is a radical liberal idea. To you <laughs> From where you are, yeah. yeah. Unbelievable. Maybe you could use the money you made betting against the American economy during the financial crisis to pay your taxes. Just a thought yeah. off the top of my head if you're well, looking for cash insider to pay trading your for share you. of taxes. And in Freedom of Peach news tonight, Air Force veteran, former Playboy model, and sexy Uber patriot Michelle Manhart was taken into custody by Valdosta State University campus police on Saturday after stealing an American flag from some protesters who were failing to treat it with the reverence she felt it deserved. After she stole their flag, a brief altercation with the campus cops ensued, during which she seemed offended that all the people not taking other people's shit weren't also being arrested. <laughs> no, she was just, baffled just the by this. Yeah, not, that's apparently. Kind of weird. Now, <laughs> so, yeah, so good job, lady. You got the tiny little protest in South Georgia that you're pissed about onto the national news. That right, that no exactly one else would have known about. Now, Manhart, who was reprimanded and demoted by the Air Force for appearing in a Playboy in a 
partial uniform in 2008, explained her actions later on her Facebook page, statusing, quote, We just want to remove it and dispose of it properly because the American flag represents our freedom, end quote. Yeah, it it represents, for example, the freedom to walk on an American flag during a protest, you silly twat. You could steal it in the name of freedom. That'd That'd be like getting rid of the piss Christ exhibit by smashing Jesus's face into it. And, it, and it's not like it was a, a valued rug. I mean, this is the whole point of the protest. Right? This is not particularly valued. Basically, she just cleaned up a dirty rug for them. Yeah, right. Now, of course, after getting a good screen. look at her rug, I think it's worth mentioning that I currently have an American flag wedged about three inches up my asshole, and I live a mile from the VSU campus. Your move, Michelle. And in Tom Cottonmouth, Ted Cruz body news tonight. Appropriate Marco Rubio appeared on Face the Nation this week to discuss his recently announced presidential campaign. Host Bob Schieffer asked him, would you like to talk about your thoughts on gay rights and climate change, or would you prefer I stick my foot in your mouth right now and save you <laughs> trouble? As you might have guessed, Rubio went with talking and then Oops. the foot thing. I, I, but you know what? I guess all the time he spends with his foot in his mouth would explain why he's so damn thirsty. <laughs> never considered sense. that. So first, the gay rights thing. When asked if there should be legalized gay marriage, Rubio spent several minutes saying no. And then he gets to the climate change part. <laughs> so Schieffer asks him, Senator, what are your thoughts on humans contributing to climate change? Rubio says, quote, I believe the climate is changing because there has never been a moment when the climate is not changing. Quote. Bravo, <laughs> Senator. So Schieffer handed him a shoe, dropped the mic, and walked off the set. <laughs> right. I mean, that's the functional equivalent of excusing yourself from murder because your victim was already aging. <laughs> and in black snake oil moan news tonight, being a chiropractor didn't feel fraudulent enough for Iowa doctor Charles Manuel, so he decided to also start offering demon exorcisms oh. in exchange for sexual favors. <laughs> Full of shit for a chiropractor. Wow. <laughs> As a result, the Iowa Board of Chiropractic has taken his license away for violating their standards of ethical conduct. Can't imagine what would be written in that book of chiropractic ethics, but it's something they claim to have and use. Well, no, see, the problem is that sexual favors exist. They don't like dealing with extant stuff. You know? So my, my guess is that if he had just charged for the, uh, for the demon busting, he would have been okay. <laughs> so you're not allowed to sell fake medicine and exorcisms in exchange for sex. Those no. are the rules. And not just for chiropractors. I mean, right, I'm right. pretty sure everyone... <laughs> is required to not sell fraudulent services and also not purchase or barter for sex. Is, is it funny, though, how we tend to overlook the harmful one of those two things, though? Focus <laughs> yeah. on the other one? Seems like we're mixed up there. So, yeah, that's all not allowed. But if you videotape the whole process in your porn studio and sell it, that's a legitimate business. That's and here at The Skeptocrat, we believe in job creators. That's... that's- Good stuff. That's right. That's why we put our team of unlicensed Guatemalan chiropractors to the task of coming up with our top five alternative medicine porn titles. (laughs) Yes, we did. Here's what they came up with. Number five, blomeopathy. Chin up. Eventually, you're just swallowing water. It'll be fine. (laughs) Gets better. So instead of a homeopath figuratively fucking you in the head, (laughs) just... You got the idea. I got you. Number four, 100% natural porn killers. You get the truck, I'll get the snake oil juice. 
Now, would it still count as a snuff film if it's just medical neglect? If it's just <laughs> slow? And number three, the crack you puncture. Sticking ass and faking claims. <laughs> hey, wait, this isn't the full penetration I had in mind at all. Hold on a second. <laughs> at number two, colon glidrotherapy. It's kind of like ear candling. It's rear candling. We put a candle in your ass. It's just well, it's like dangerous. It it's more fun. Let me jot that down on my to-do list. <laughs> and at number one, stinky pinky in the brain. Internal massage, including a chakra of a twist ending. <laughs> well, fortunately, that one was already on my to-do list, so I can save some ink uh, this, this time. <laughs> and that's going to do it for episode 13. Thanks to No Illusions for bringing the noise, the funk, and the raucous. Thanks to his lovely wife, Lucinda, for checking out Gwyneth Paltrow's latest snapper experiment, despite having every reason not to. And thanks to all the listeners that liked us on Facebook, followed us on Twitter, and sent us feedback on the other various internets. Please keep doing that. Please keep listening, and please keep telling your friends. And if you find the naive stupidity of our giving away a free show business model to be oddly charming, please feel free to send us gifts of money at our donation page at patreon.com slash skeptocrat. Just like Tom and Skeptic Sarah, who can cross the streams, talk about Fight Club, and push the red button whenever the fuck they please. And whether or not you're feeling financially benevolent like those fine people, if you enjoyed our brand of whimsy and you'd like to hear more unsolicited dick jokes free of charge, check out our podcast award-winning sister show, The Skating Atheist, available on iTunes, Stitcher, or directly from skatingatheist.com. We just have one last thing. Let's compliment that penis. Special thanks to the parliamentarian of Funkadelitude, Ryan Slotnick of Evil Giraffes on Mars. He is the creator of the virtuosic musical stylings you heard today, which were used with his permission. You should definitely check him out using the links we'll provide or by Googling the only band called Evil Drafts on Mars. Until next week, catchphrase sign up. Well, until the week after next, because we're actually not doing a Skeptic uh, episode next week. So until May 4th. Right, right good point. Catchphrase sign The Hakani Network still active, and there's also Algama. The Hakani Network still active, and there's also Algama. And there's also Algama Alazalamea as Lamia. Shit, why can't I talk?